I'm just like Barack Obama. You know it's me by the, the little sign off. <laughs> What's his sign off? <laughs> he does. He always. Podcast for the MediaBias.com. Joining me today is Chris. Hello. Brent. Hi. TJ. Yep. My name's David. This is the podcast where we do the things. We're going to do homework and then uh, main topic. Oh. So the homework from uh, a Facebook poll we actually did, uh, where we kind of crowdsourced yeah. what we were going to talk about. That wound up being not not very bad. Not not a bad idea. Yeah, it was kind of fun. But Runaway run Winner kind of won by more votes. I think the description... The, the t- <laughs> That's how you run away with it, right? We're going to explain how this won the poll. <laughs> it got the most votes. Yep. But it was... Uh, when you I, got eight apples, <laughs> and you add three apples, you now have 11. You need to put four gallons of water in a five-gallon drink. The movie is I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, a Netflix original for 2017, directed by Macon Blair, who's an actor in Jeremy Saulnier's movies like Blue Ruin and Green Room. Okay, keep... Keep it up. <laughs> and uh, I'd seen this movie previously, and I had already kind of talked about it, so I'm curious what you guys thought about it. I thought it was good. I laughed real hard at times. I thought Elijah Wood, when they would get the laptop back before the, the whole story kind of sets up, mm-hmm. when he walked in and, uh, who's seen Ball Rocket? Yeah. Wilson. David and I both raised our hands. <laughs> Owen Wilson and uh, Ball Rocket, that character reminded me of Elijah Wood's character a lot for some mm. reason. Or the other way around. But like him walking in and just like throwing a shooting star at a wall and then throwing a firecracker in like the next room and the, mm. the guy on the laptop's like, dude, stop! <laughs> I thought that was really funny. That was really funny. Super violent. He's yeah. very violent, yeah. And, and that, that, I don't know what, if that was necessary. I mean, it wasn't. I think it fits into what Macon Blair had done before. Like, it's... it's Blue Ruin is similarly violent, and Green Room is more so. Yeah. Green Room just felt more, uh... I don't know, necessary. Yes. This, like, showing her finger being broken. Yeah, why do you like, guys keep picking movies with, 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 with hand violence? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like homework with lots of hand violence. And this is, like, broken finger and, like, shotgun hand. Do you want more, uh... <laughs> More stuff with hand passion. <laughs> we can watch The Handmaiden again. <laughs> this is going well with the podcast. Yeah. I don't know if you're being menacing or you're being tender. <laughs> Either way, you're wringing your hands together. That, yeah, that was a very, like, Lenny movement over there. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought it was, you know, entertaining. But I think it was lesser than the sum of its parts, which is, like, I, I th- when I think about the movie, when I think about things I like, I think about characters and performances more. Like, Melanie Linsky, I thought was great okay. as the main I character. She was good. And I thought Elijah Wood was hilarious as in a role that made it easy to be hilarious. He was great. The, the computer scene is my favorite scene in the movie when he sits down, 
like uh, all knowing about the internet and whatnot. And he's like, you know, it's all just zeros and ones connected like a like a web across the world. And she's like, well, that's yeah, it's called the web. And uh, and then when he <laughs> he types in, he just types into Google. Uh, look up license plate question mark. <laughs> I also love when he says like it's like a web. You just have to know how to avoid the spiders. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is right. uh, yeah, he's a he's a very lovable idiot in that movie. And I love when they have uh, have coffee at uh, Chris Chris's parents' house, and they're trying to get into it. It's like a machine made this, and like curing coffee. Right. <laughs> it gets into being a barista at a Borders. You could do like oak leaves and a stegosaurus. <laughs> yeah, like Winston waits when she approached him uh, in his backyard or whatever. And the music he's listening to, it's just like, turn the motherfucker down! <laughs> it's like super death metal. It's like, what? But he's also very, very religious. Yeah. He's kind of a collection of uh, quirks at first. Well, I thought he ended up being kind of funny, a warming character in the end. Oh, With like, a lot of quirks, though. Like the bad guy was like, they're not cops! <laughs> Pretending to be cops. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know how anybody would believe this. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> Glad you called this one out. But yeah, that's kind of... I, I thought that like the there were a few funny scenes, and they were legit, legitimately funny. But I think I like the smaller components like that, like remembering just a scene here or there, then mm. the whole movie. Because the plot didn't really do a whole lot for me. Like it, I feel like it was something we've seen numerous times. I thought it tried to be a little like a little Cohen esque, take mm. like a small slight and take it into this, take it to the extreme, exposing some underbelly. Yeah. To, you know, not the kind of success that the Coens do doing that. I, 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 did, I did like her motivation too which is just like seeing all the people in the world just be shitheads to each other yeah, like yeah. I, I did like the be- I really liked the beginning in fact yeah, it started off of, super interesting where, where she's just watching people like the, when she sees the guy like knock something off a shelf in the grocery store yeah, and, just like, leave, and leave it yeah like that's that's the kind of thing that would bother me too yeah it does a great job of, of telling you what her character is not even through action, but through reaction. Yeah. You don't really have to have a lot of setup that, you know, she's single, she had relationships that didn't work out, or all this, like, weird backstory stuff. You know, within a minute and a half, you pretty much get where she's coming from. Yeah. What'd you think, Chris? thought it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't particularly exciting. Too much hand violence. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just... It's- a lot, lots of just like middling. I think mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, I thought they were great performances, but of what? You know, it's 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 so small. You know, and the what's the name of the actress who played Ruth? Melanie Linsky. Yeah, like Melanie Linsky. Like she's already playing a character who has a muted reaction to the world around her, and so then just like I don't know. Maybe maybe it's it's some subtlety in the acting that I'm missing, but it's like it was an okay job, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, maybe making Blair's movies aren't for me, or Bacon Blair, whatever his name is. That's his first movie. Okay, I think. Bacon Malaria. This is I'm sorry. This is directorial debut. Yep. Yeah, he's an actor in. He's the the star of Blue Ruin, mm-hmm. I think, and then he's like second or third build in Green Room, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a movie about your house getting broken into and trying to track down who broke into it, it still felt super directionless and mm. like meandering when it was pushing the plot. 
um, and just kind of a it for me it seemed like it was trying to the, the point of the movie felt like trying to tell people how hard it is to explain something to a stupid person mm-hmm. um, because her her interactions with all of these people are you know someone who doesn't understand her viewpoint and she's just like frustrated with talking to people who just don't get it it was it was it was tepid yeah it was supposed to be a noir and I think a, a good noir what it does is it is constantly pulling you through the movie right whereas this one is kind of I don't know you're kind of pushing it along like the a good noir like the clues kind of you follow the threads and you're excited to you know follow up on you know see the lead character follow up on stuff and I don't think this really matched that the no. kind of dynamism of a good noir. Yeah, I the first that I heard that this was supposed to be a noir was in here because I don't think that it has any of the ingredients of a noir in the movie itself. Yeah, there was even when she didn't know who was necessarily behind it, there it never I never felt a sense of mystery to mm-hmm. the movie and I also never felt a sense of like real excitement to see what happened next. Yeah. I just it was just like I could have made guesses midway through the movie about what was going to happen, and I might not have been exactly correct, but I feel like I was going to be mostly correct, which is just, I don't know, she's going to go to a place, and there's going to yeah. be some, like, comically weird violence that's just not that story, funny. And the story wasn't that bad. No, right, it's not I just bad. didn't care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, 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 a, it's clearly directed by somebody with a flat affect, because all the characters have a who-gives-a-shit attitude, except... This one character finally, like, gets pushed over the limit. But even then, her reaction's not like a person whose motivation is 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 finally sparked. Like the the, the event is something that's that's really passive. Right. Like she walks in, her house had been broken into. Like she she looks for the circle of thieves and the fence, and you know she everything is a step behind. Yeah, the movie's kind of muddled. I didn't hate it, but I don't understand what's to like about it. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks nice. Like, I think on Letter Letterboxd, I gave it three and a half stars, which is kind of my max rating for a movie that I don't like all that much. Like, it, I, I recognize that there were good things about it, and I don't mm. think I don't think any part of it was bad. Yeah. I think it yeah. was more good than bad, but it was just nothing that really... Like, I don't want to watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. I did. And it kind of went down a little bit the second time I saw it. Is that when it came out in February or March? I debated not even watching it, but I think it was good that I did. Yeah. There's there's not a lot there. Because you would have remembered nothing about it. Yeah, I didn't remember a lot about it. I remembered liking it when I first saw it. Maybe maybe you just kind of have to be in the right mood for it, and it's hard to know when you're in the mood for that kind of thing. I enjoyed Elijah Wood a lot the second time through, though. Yeah. Like, I like when when they're making burgers, and there's the the, uh, sister's husband... He's like, I'm just gonna squash these down, get all that juice out of there. And he's like, No, you're not supposed to do that. And he's like, No, I gotta squash them. They're gonna be perfect. It's <laughs> <laughs> just small stuff like that that made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. I'd so, say I'd say see Blue Ruin instead. <laughs> yes, yes. Blue Ruin had it's it not had as, the missing aspect of it. It, it had a, like I wanted to see what was gonna happen next. In Blue it had Ruin. momentum to it. I yeah. feel like this has no momentum in it. But this is definitely funnier than Blue Run. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 
Would you recommend this to certain people? Any any person I don't or like. <laughs> or no one? Yeah, really annoying toddlers. Yeah, no. <laughs> Who's, whose favorite band is this that would love this movie? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Well, who lives most of their life in some kind of existential panic where, where they need the emotions of an emotionless character <laughs> uh, to and, and that interests them? This is a movie for you. Uh, this movie felt very 90s to me, too. Like a Tarantino kind of knockoff thing. It feels like a knockoff of a movie I don't know what of. I like that description. It's trying to be another movie... We don't know what that movie is. And I don't Maybe think, they don't. The yeah. most obvious point would be Blue Ruin, but I don't really think it's off of that. I think visually it's definitely based off that. Yeah. They're, the violence in those three movies are all super similar. Like, you can tell that Megan Blair took a lot from the two movies he was in, which is mm-hmm. obvious. But uh, the violence is very similar to Blue Ruin and Green Room, too. Which is like weirdly realistic violence in the way that the violence happens but not like none of the situations are realistic i don't know i would say if the the plot description really jazzes you up give it a shot and see if you like it but see if you remember the title i just i I, I relied on i don't feel and i wrote that in the thing and i was like after i watched it i was like i don't feel is actually right for (laughs) for me now yeah to answer the question Honestly, about would you recommend this to anybody? It's like if I did, it'd have to be in the next like twenty hours, because that movie's out of my head for fucking ever. Yeah, um, I wrote down two uh, in, on my notes. I had two single words written as like separate bullet points. The first one is Fago. Yeah, yeah. Um, the movie that. that takes place in the Northwest inexplicably has Fago. Yeah, um, <laughs> and also has uh, snakes indigenous to the southeast. Um, and then I wrote tense I thought the ending the ending sequence they did tension well there Mm. but like the chase through the forest yeah but Fago and tense those those are my those things those things were weird yeah yeah I wonder what that's supposed to mean why is it a snake do you think anyone even cared about that decision no I mean I didn't yeah it's meaningless I did not realize it was set in the Northwest. Yeah, it's like it's Oregon. Cause, yeah, because it's... Cause in it's, Washington. It's so irrelevant. Yeah. Like, it's as irrelevant as the Snake Fago thing. Yeah. It's all... But, like, that's the thing, though, is... is a thinker. Is if, if one you of your... You have to care to think about it. Right. And as a director, you have to make that decision if it's Fago and what the snake looks like. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you can go, like, get me any snake, but you can't go... Get me a soda that's a particular brand. We'll have to clear the license through somebody. I know. We'll use Fago. Like, that was a conscious choice. Yeah. Maybe he's trying to do his, like, Tarantino thing. Like, his Reds cigarettes or yeah. Apple cigarettes or whatever. This is the Fago trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see the rest of it. <laughs> is, that, is that the title of the next one? <laughs> I want to see the rest of it. <laughs> I've seen just about enough from this guy. So it's a scene in the movie. Yep. Yeah. As one of the uh, introductory things about uh, Melanie Linsky's character is, she gets bugged by a book being spoiled. That's books definitely inspired by kind of Game of Thrones style book. She's in a bar reading a book. Someone else has read the same book. Making Blair. Yep. And spoils it. Mm -hmm. You know her real father is the War Mage. Yep. 
Captain Borgo. Blow your mind. <laughs> All the clues are there, though. Yeah. I hated that. And then line. he just walks yeah. away. Yeah. All the clues are there. Wait for it. But in honor of uh, kind of that tie-in and uh, a big, uh, big source of potential spoiler talk is uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Guarding how you talk about it with people. We want to talk about uh, spoilers. Spoilers in general. Spoilers on Fast and Furious cars. <laughs> just gonna say, not a fan. So how about just the first uh, opening shot? What do you guys take on spoilers? I haven't given much thought to spoilers, really, over the recent weeks or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I generally try to avoid any, you know, notable plot spoilers. And that uh, that's kind of like anything that happens in the latter half of a movie. I don't feel like... I don't feel like intro, intro things are spoilers. I don't. Yeah, I always I always clear the air by saying like, well, it happens early in the movie, but yeah. you know, it's different with TV shows. Bruce Willis dies, right? <laughs> it's yeah, it is yeah. different with TV shows, and I don't. I generally wait a few weeks. I mean, it's different on here. It's different on the podcast because this is something people have to look for, and they can they can choose to avoid it. Sure, right? But and we timestamp things. Yeah, like if you don't want to. Don't want to hear about something. Yeah, look ahead before the right. You, you yep. should know what you're listening to, like what's going to be talked about on, yep. on yeah. here. Because of how we digest stuff, media is kind of recursive. We'll go back and watch a movie from last year or two years ago or that just came out. Same with TV. Yeah, pick back up on some stuff we haven't catched. Well, and also just naturally, like we record like on Saturday or Sunday, mm-hmm. so everything we talk about, <laughs> any new TV episodes are from the previous week. And then the episode doesn't get posted until Tuesday or Thursday yeah, or Friday. Yeah, a 10-day buffer yeah. with us. So, like, you know, we feel super hip sometimes talking about, you know, an event that happens on Friday. Or if we do a rare Monday pod, you know, about Sunday's leftovers. And it's like, oh, wait, but it doesn't matter. It's not coming out until, like, you know, four days from now. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, we, we, we have the disadvantage of not being able to have recency. I guess my general take on it is I try to be cautious about spoilers for other people, but I really don't care at all about spoilers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I am interested in reading reviews about movies I haven't seen yet. I listen to podcasts talk about movies I haven't seen yet, and mm-hmm. I'm fine with I'm fine talking to people about movies I haven't seen, TV and stuff, and I'm not really saying, wait, wait, don't tell me. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I think... More than, like, uh, most of the spoilers is, like, plot stuff. More than plot stuff, I think it's more of a spoiler for, like, how a movie kind of is rather than just what happens. Because I feel like it's a surface thing to enjoy a movie's plot. It's another thing to enjoy, like, Game of Thrones, how they shot, you know, for Winds of Winter. Like, the music and all the the momentum going into that, that would kind of be more of a spoiler for me. Yeah, I mean, you, I you could have told somebody that, like, in Battle of the Bastards, John kills, or, you know, who kills, who actually kills Ramsay? Sansa? Sansa, essentially. Yeah, Sansa Dogs. kills Sansa yeah. kills Ramsay, and, yeah, I mean, that is a spoiler, and I would I would have preferred not to know it before going into the show, but at the same time, that does not replace the experience of watching that episode of television right. at mm-hmm. all. And that's, that, that's my ideological uh, seat about this conversation and it's it's kind of uh, what David was saying is, if something is so vulnerable to being spoiled that it makes it not good anymore, it was never good to begin with. You were, I mean, you were, and that's not universally true, but true. like, 
you know, if you can, if you can, in one fell swoop, like ruin whole like viewing experience. You know, yeah. there's got to be something yeah, more but, going on than just what literally happens. Yeah, I agree. It's also harsh to, but <laughs> I think we're jumping from a this was great if I don't know to it is completely ruined now if I do. But there's an infinite amount of place, places in between. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I mean, like, yeah, it doesn't ruin you know Battle of Bastards if I know how Ramsey dies. But does it take away some enjoyment? But it yes. makes it less fun. Yeah, yeah. sure. And, and plus, I don't want to do that to anybody. Well, I mean, the most you fun know? you're ever going to have watching The Usual Suspects is the first time. Right. And that 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 feeling you get when you at the end of The Usual Suspects is is a one time feeling. Yes. Of like, as you're looking all over the board, as you're figuring it out with the detective. Yeah. But you can go back. I mean, the movie is still really good, and I think that goes to what Chris is saying. Like that movie is still good at, when you go back and rewatch it. Mm-hmm. And if it was just about the twist, if it was just about the the gotcha moment, then it wouldn't be as much fun later. Yeah. I, I think, in particular, it's what separates like bad horror movies and thrillers from yeah. good horror movies and thrillers. Yeah. Like some of. Some of the best ones recently, and I was talking about it when uh, last podcast I talked about Get Out, uh, and then I saw it. But you know, the whole idea that you know what the menace is, and then it's all about suspense uh, and the like impending dread is more important to me than like who's behind the mask. You know, that's because that's Scooby Doo. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes. Get Out is full of minor plot turns. Yeah, and no plot twist. And then if you and yeah, and looking at it from a distance after you've like seen it maybe twice, you can see just like how parabolic that movie is, and not just like a straight line thriller, right? Because mm-hmm. there there are some. I mean, I would say close to if I was like standing in line to watch Empire on opening weekend, and some dude walked out and was like, "Can't believe Darth Vader's Luke's dad." Homer Simpson, yeah, that? yeah, that would come pretty close to ruining a great movie, right? Yeah, but well, because yeah, you just—I was just trying to. Yeah. To What's the worst? Balls. Well, that's like balls. when TJ and I saw Force Awakens, and we went and had lunch afterwards. That movie came out. out. That movie came out in December, mid-December. We had lunch outside. We were the only people having lunch outside like at degrees. the restaurant, so we could talk about it. So yeah. that we could talk about it because we didn't want to. I mean, that was the day it came out. You know, it was Friday morning. Yeah, we didn't right. saw it Friday morning. Yeah. Right, but you know. Would it have been a spoiler to be like, I think that sounded like Simon Pegg in that costume. No, that's that would not be a thing. Right. So, yeah. it's just one of those things where it's, you know, you, you try to be respectful, but at the same time, everybody defines it differently for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if, if you define it more broadly than almost everyone else... You know, you also, we can't prescribe how people enjoy things. Like, in this podcast, if we're doing something we're going to talk about, we're going to be looking at more stuff. Most of the things I watch are things that are just on, that I've probably watched in my life. There's some stuff that I watch more deeply, and, you know, I don't mean to be condescending when I talk about it. if it's just plot, then, you know, you're a piece of shit <laughs> enjoying that. You know, there's different gradations of spoilers, too. Mm-hmm. I think... Part of what you were saying, TJ, is, uh, you know, part of the impact is, okay, if you don't just enjoy the plot, but just knowing something happens, you can reduce your enjoyment through the expectation, spoiler expectation, 
like you know what happens, but so when's it gonna happen? You're waiting for it to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's that. Is there a Seinfeld? Like knowing there's a twist is a spoiler. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a a thing people say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and it's it's sometimes in like advertisements for movies where they're like, you won't believe the ending. Right. It's like, why would you fucking hook that? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's what I was say. There's a spectrum of like what what can be spoiled like it's it's it, everything in the movie the title of a movie is a spoiler in yeah. some senses yeah. trailer uh, trailers the, in it i mean the revenge of the sith i think we all knew what was going to happen in that movie but if you didn't the the title of the movie tells you what happens in the movie the the posters show you you know which characters will be appearing tell you what actors are in it i mean really the only the only way to avoid spoilers is to just have someone else plop you down without any sort of you know, uh, sight or sound available to you until the, you've pressed play. Yeah. And Essentially, the cr- credits film, are over. film festivals will probably be the easiest way to not be spoiled. Yeah, the movie spoiling but, itself. But then, like, <laughs> but then, like, casting. You know that true. Some people consider that you know really. Yeah. There's a cottage industry about casting news that comes out for Marvel, Disney, oh, yeah. Star Wars movies. I mean, there's, there's, there are groups that, I don't know why I get them, but I think maybe a friend of mine is trying to, like, just get some work as an extra, but, like, that's really huge. Like, extras casting yeah. and people speculating based on what the call is for, for extras. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there was one recently uh, for a Marvel movie that was like, we need people who are, like, 30s to 50s who uh, could pass as scientists or, like, Eastern Europeans. And, like, the internet went nuts about, like, oh, what are they doing? Is this the, like, next Captain America? Like, is, because with scientists in the 50s in Eastern Europe could be, you know, the Red Skull's back. Like, is the Red Skull back? And just this crazy speculation. Mm-hmm. But that's all it is. It's just, like, speculation. It's all one of those. It was, like, we were standing in, uh, like, muscular, like, long red hair. And it was, like, the face was removed on the actor. And it was obviously Carrot Top. <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's <laughs> weird I also feel like for spoilers there's two places to be on it you're either giving spoilers potentially or guarding spoilers or you're trying to avoid spoilers I think it's easy like when we've seen something you're seeking them out which is yeah. I, mean, I do that on some things I do yeah. there's, there's uh, like if we've seen something in our lives and are guarding spoilers it's easy for us to say you know this wasn't important I can talk about it but to someone who is expecting that media you know, anything is... It's all potential, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's... I mean, it's... There's no right or wrong answer, obviously. As to even what the fuck we're talking about. How about... Even what a spoiler is. You yeah. know what I mean? What, is, less, what is a spoiler, then? We should have covered that first. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the that's my point, though, is that... It could be... Every... Anything. Yeah. Anything short of just like... I mean, because spoilers... I guess the point of spoilers, minor spoilers, is to try to entice someone else to watch this movie. Like, if I was telling TJ about a movie that he'd never heard of, like, I don't know, The Tenant or something, not that I would suggest you watch The Tenant, but, uh, you know, as I tell you things about the plot, those are spoilers, but it's to give you info to, for you to decide if you want to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. You can go overboard with that, but you can also... I mean, some are necessary. Plot descriptions, basic plot descriptions are sometimes necessary. That's why they make trailers. Yeah. I mean, trailers are spoilers. 
Yeah, I know on like one of the podcasts I, I listen to, Slash Filmcast, so some of those guys just completely avoid trailers at all and casting news and all that stuff. I just think that's such an extreme reaction. Yeah, I mean, trailers can be misleading, and also trailers can give away too much. Yeah, especially with, like, comedies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, comedies are, are the worst. But at the same time, I don't know. You you need to know what you're buying. Let's, uh... I got a, a little idea. So, we all, like, Pulp Fiction, we all know well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll try to figure out something in Pulp Fiction that we don't all agree is or isn't a spoiler. I want to find something that we're split on. Like, is John Travolta dying? That's the first thing I thought of. That definitely would be, I yeah. think. I think it would be, too. Um, the movie is told chronologically out of order? No. Not a spoiler. Not no. a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Potentially. I mean, just to me, though. Just, yeah. yeah. It goes on, if your definition of a spoiler goes down to plot, who the characters are, what happens... Like, I think structure can be a spoiler. Like, if you watch a memento, you say it's told in reverse. I mean, that's the whole advertise. It's the whole reason for the movie. But yeah. That's essentially the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you never find out what's in the case? Is that a spoiler or not? I was thinking about, like... The absence of a spoiler. Yeah. A spoiler. I mean, like... I saying, I saying, like a spoiler. Yeah, saying, like, Tim Roth doesn't die. Right. Know? Or, like, uh, nobody in the diner dies. Or, yeah. like, wait till you hear Sam Jackson's speech at the end. Yeah, or something. That that's not. But uh, to me, I think that could be. That's an expectation spoiler. Is well, it, you're waiting for this speech. It yeah. doesn't work as well in Pulp Fiction because of the chronological issue. But in a movie that is told straightforward, telling someone wait till you hear somebody's speech at the end takes yeah. away their sense of danger for those characters throughout. Mm-hmm. True, because yeah. they'll oh, they survive. They they, sh- they shoot Marvin. <laughs> they shoot Marvin in the face. Yeah. Maybe the 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 dungeon scene. Talking about that, that is. I mean, I don't know. Pulp Fiction's hard to do. It, it is hard. But then, if you know, from what I was talking about, you could you could color every anything with the expectation type spoiler. Mm-hmm. You're gonna spoil it because they're gonna be expecting the scene. Like literally, anything about that movie would fall under that. Right. The, yeah. In that's any, why I was in any movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, wait till you meet. Yeah. I was trying to move past yeah. that too. The taxi driver. Sure. Yeah. Sure. What you think? What's a spoiler to you? And I know you don't care about them as much. Like Chris I don't really. personally, but I try to guard as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just talking about you personally now. Mm-hmm. On, on receiving what you would call a spoiler. Like, even though you don't like them, you would still say it's a spoiler, right? Like, even though you don't care if you read about it. Right. You still call it a spoiler. Yeah. But I'm, I'm overly cautious in that, in that respect. With giving them, I'm, With talking giving about, them yeah. I'm talking about you. If I if I get them, I think uh, what would bother me in Pulp Fiction, um, to hear about ahead of time. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Because it's yeah, Pulp it's Fiction weird, is also weird, one yeah. like it's this. A lot of it is the style. Yeah. How they execute the stuff. And right? we, it's, it is a great plot too, but. Yeah. But we talked we talked about the 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 Star Wars Luke I am your father thing. And, you know, I didn't see that movie in theaters, and by the time I did see it, that was so in the zeitgeist. I mean, it was in fucking Tommy Boy. Same, same for me. Um, yeah. yeah. And, me and with a movie like Pulp Fiction, like, you, you you kind of, you don't know what happened. But, like, if you watch The Simpsons, like, they're going to spoil, uh, you know, tons of movies. Or how about The Crying from, from Game? From parodying the scenes. Never seen it, but I know what happens. Yeah, Crying Game's a real famous one that 
you know, it's got out in Simpsons type stuff. Mm-hmm. People uh, doing satire of it. Mm-hmm. Soul and Green. I mean, Soul and Green. TJ, you were telling me that you had uh, Walking Dead uh, season six, episode one, spoiled by SNL, right? Me. Uh, Brent was saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm sorry. I think no. Ashley had it spoiled by SNL. I had already had it spoiled by like the night it aired by right. Facebook. Also, and yeah, and also a show like The Walking Dead lends itself to like enticing spoilers because yeah. they do the cliffhanger episode ends, and that was a cliffhanger season end. Like a major character was going to be killed. Yeah, and the, like AMC was doing like who dies. Like vote here, find out right. who, who people think dies, and then like you know the episode happened, and it was just like oh, okay, yeah. And then immediately SNL has one in the can with Dave Chappelle parodying it, and people were mad about it. But it's like well, I feel like if you're yeah, if you're, you're behind or not day of on a water cooler show, there's yeah. not a lot of them. We're out of monoculture now. Right. There's so much stuff to digest. It's like. Walking Dead is a monoculture show. Like, yeah. there's so many people to watch that. Same with Game of Thrones. Like, with our little leftovers love, I wasn't really worried being on Facebook that it was going to get spoiled. Yeah, yeah. Right. But Game of Thrones, I think part of if you're guarding yourself from spoilers, you maybe you have a job where you can't watch it at the time, or maybe you have an obligation, but it is also incumbent on you to avoid. Yes. It's not just out for everybody. So TV and movies are very different in that regard. Like, yes. movies have to be sought out, and yeah. you, you you know other people maybe don't have time to, to seek out the movies and mm-hmm. go to the theater and right. pay the money. So you're, you're a little more careful. I think you should be a little more careful with movie spoilers. Sure. Uh, for that reason. Like, it was, it was weeks before I would mention Han's death to anybody. You know, like in Star Wars, in, yeah. in, Star Wars in, in in passing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was like late January before that would even be a thing. I, I basically said, I'm going to wait for this movie to to become the most watched movie of all time, and then <laughs> and then I feel comfortable with it yeah. because once it's broken the record for most money made at box office or whatever. Yeah. Uh, like I didn't see it. I knew about that beforehand. I still want to see it. Yeah. 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 Um, I still haven't seen especially it. Especially that, sh- that, that shot especially you will. is really good. Yeah. Well, long-term homework is coming oh. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> that, that's going to happen this year. Be all the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Long-term I'm homework is the prince that was promised. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with TV, you're right. With with water cooler shows. like like I, I had no issues really with the, the Glenn spoil. Um on Walking yeah. Dead because uh, because it was it's it, the, it's the kind of show where it's on me it's on yeah. me if if I if 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 I'm gonna be that upset yeah, you're like about way it, behind too you are way behind yeah, yeah. if I'm if I'm oh if I was just needing to watch that episode there's no way I get on social media I've been I've been a day or two behind on Game of Thrones at times and I just yeah. don't read Facebook that day yeah because it's the same with like Breaking Bad beforehand yeah I think it became a monoculture show yes. Yeah. If you're not caught up, you gotta you gotta take an active role. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's kind of a like a, a privileged assertion, but like it's true. You you have to you have to either you, you have to weigh what it costs for it to be spoiled to you. Yeah, right. And if and if it costs more than inconveniencing yourself by taking an hour out on a Sunday and watching it live, or getting your whatever device you have ready to stream it, 
um, or pirate it or do whatever you do to, to, to get it in your eyeballs, you know, then the, you, you have to make that decision. Yeah. Right. Um, I do have a question about spoilers. Sure. Can I? Can any of you guys, and this is kind of a, an excuse to tell a stupid story, um, but I want your opinions first or your stories first. Have you ever spoiled something for someone? And what was it? Probably. I don't know. I feel like I had to have. I just can't think. Mm-hmm. I know there's something where someone was... Maybe I'd, I'd assumed somebody had seen something and just was excited about it and they hadn't seen it. Yeah. I'm thinking, I can't think of anything. But I mean, I'm usually pretty good. If I realize I've spoiled something, I'm usually pretty good at correcting it really quickly. But like misinformation campaign? Yes. Like, <laughs> I, on the, like the first day or two that TJ and I watched Game of Thrones together... Uh, I was I'd already seen four seasons and he was just starting and I eventually I accidentally spilled that John I was like well and now he's Lord Commander of the Night's Watch so and TJ's like what and I was like wait who are we talking about and you know it was just uh, I was like oh I thought you meant Mormont I thought you meant yeah I know so, I'm good but. yeah Brent's, Brent's got it go. sorry the first season gets I was just like He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Brent's got his own little KGB in his head when it comes to spoilers. <laughs> as soon as one's disseminated, he's like, all right, all right, put out the propaganda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. We're going with Mormont. But yeah, the one that I wanted to tell is, and it's a, it's a dumb story, but I, it was after the Swedish movies came out, before the American movies came out, but the, the books had been out for a while. And been talked about, and there was lots of controversy about them mm-hmm. and the violence in them. And a friend of mine was reading *Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*, and uh, seemed really far into the book, like by where the bookmark was. And I was, you know, just casually talking about, like, "Hey, like, do you, like, like, what do you think of it?" And, well, it's good. It's like kind of slow, but I, I'm really interested. And I said, "Yeah, but isn't it a little rapey?" <laughs> and that apparently. Doesn't happen early in the book, <laughs> despite it happening early in the Swedish movie. Right. And mm-hmm. they're like, what? It's like, oh. So, that. Not, <laughs> uh, uh, have y'all read the book? I'm not. I started yeah. it, but. Not much happens early on in that book. Yeah. I almost quit the book because I was 100 pages in and nothing had happened. Right. And <laughs> so, and then lots happens. Yeah. It's really good after that, but yeah, that's. I did, I did do a Brent. Spoil thing I just remembered. It was not bad. It was uh, when Kelly was watching The Office. And I just asked if, like, have you gotten to the part where Michael, has Michael left the show yet? And she's like, what? And I was like, I mean. Toby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think I said, like, uh, like he goes on vacation with Jan. <laughs> and was like, and she's like, yeah, that happened in, like, season two. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sweet second. <laughs> Um, we had a buddy in, in high school, we, a bunch of us worked at this, like, wing place, and, uh, we were all in there, work one day, and he came in, and he's seen Lord of the Rings, he served Return of the King, and I was like, hey man, like, how was it? He was like, it's cool, they destroyed the ring and everything, like, didn't even think about it, and I was like, oh, I was like, the book's like 100 years old, I was like, I don't read that shit, <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on, I mean, I'm glad they, they win, I guess, <laughs> but damn it. I mean, I occasionally... Uh, trivia do uh, 
trivia category called Spoiler Alert, where I'll spoil something that's at least 10 years old. Where yeah. I just give the ending to something, and <laughs> you have to name the... Like, I think I spoiled the some 1950s movie or something. No, I spoiled the ending of a Shakespeare play. That's the oldest one I've done. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... I think the and I think spoiler phobia is a little rampant these days. Yeah, it's it's more than it used to be, and it is fucking knee jerk and violent. Yeah, yeah. And I understand, like if the high point of your week is sitting down and watching whenever you have time for it, you know the the show du jour, you know, and it gets ruined for you, you will obviously have a stronger reaction, mm-hmm. but. If that's how strong your reaction is, watch it fucking live. Like, don't... Or adjust the way you adjust other things for, you know... Yeah. Don't make other people adjust to you as much as, you know... Right. It's almost like you're... I don't want this to sound condescending, but... You know, we all feel like we're the center of our universe. Our social media thread revolves around me. To feel like the... Everybody's so excited about a thing. That Mm -hmm. they want to talk about it. And just the day and age we live in right now, social media is a place for people to talk about. Right. To say that for a single person to bend the will of a community to not enjoy the thing and discuss it, it just seems a little out of sync for me. I mean, that's why we get... I don't know if that came off no. bad, but... No. It's why, it's why we get together, right? Because mm-hmm. we like talking about movies and TV shows and games and... You know, we get together, we talk about them, and, you know, we record it. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's different between our, like, everyday life is, you know, now there's a microphone in the room. Mm-hmm. But we would just talk about movies and games anyway. Yeah. And we do it here. We we self-police by, um, I forget what show it was. It was TJ getting caught up on The Leftovers. Yeah. When we yeah. were talking about Leftovers Heavy, we just, like, we bailed on talking about it also as much as we could. Fargo, I think. Yeah. I've also been really good about like making sure he avoids spoilers on Battlestar in in case he ever gets Old around watching that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, when Kelly finished it and I like rewatched the ending, I wanted to talk about it, but yeah, you know, we don't, <clears throat> Mister Holdout. <laughs> I was just thinking about the movie. Uh... I was trying to think of movies that could be like completely like as ruined as they could get. Mm-hmm. Um, Devil. Is that the elevator movie? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I Never thinking, finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking uh, <laughs> it probably had to be like a conglomerate of spoilers, but I think Seven could probably come close to being like a broken movie if you'd have told me all the things. That, the, that was the first time that. I felt like... But it's not just one thing. Yeah. Hmm. The first time yeah. that, that... That movie was the first time that I felt like knowledge of movie industry spoiled something for me. Because I knew that Kevin Spacey was in the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a juvenile take on Seven. I knew that Kevin Spacey was in the movie. And I knew what Kevin Spacey sounded like. So when they have the anonymous tip and it's Kevin Spacey's voice, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, he's the killer. Like, it's not what the movie's about. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. You know. And if you know Kevin Spacey's in this movie, and you know the, the kind of star Kevin Spacey is, if he's not in the movie yet, and the only, like, the main character you haven't met yet is the killer, Yeah. you can also do the movie industry connection. Yeah. 
But it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty irrelevant to that movie being good or bad or whatever. Is like picking out Kevin Spacey as the killer. It matters more what his character is um, and what's in the box. That's why I do like... Um, do any of you guys... Have you guys either combined seen or don't care about Swiss Army Men? I don't care I've about seen it. it. I do like that the poster... Like the two people... Uh, like third build is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. And you see her... I'm not paying attention. Go for it. Five minutes. <laughs> uh, right, 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 right. Yeah. For the first time. Right. Brent, you can you can put your headphones back on. Your muffs. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I do sometimes here on the podcast. I'll just open up my tablet and start looking at things. If mm-hmm. if you talk about a movie that I want to see and I haven't, mm. and if I overhear something, I should have watched the movie faster. I mean, <laughs> I take personal responsibility for that shit that's I don't expect you to fucking shut up about something because I haven't gotten around to watching it if I cared I'd watch it it's also like you can't that's the other thing the thing that makes it so hard to gauge we don't nobody can define what a spoiler is Mm -hmm. and there's no set amount of time to where a spoiler becomes something you can now talk about on social media and and you don't know who's going to react a certain way or if they care at all about spoilers so there's this like yeah. this nebulous ball of considerations that you can't. I feel like it's presumptive to command that from your audience. Yeah. Just as a flat rule. It's yeah. Like, I would I would probably gauge uh, that most of the outrage about spoilers is not a personal outrage. It's just like anything on the internet. Outrage on behalf of people that are theoretical. Yeah. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, for, for, for sure, hundred percent agree with that. It's just, it's so, such like a convoluted stance, though, to be like you can't, you can't, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my best judgment talking about shit on Facebook. Yeah. If you don't have my best judgment, you can fucking easily not look at what I post. Yeah, I can't stop you from doing that. I mean, that's the thing. There's there's not a single definition that's going to fit everyone, so there's no single definition, or there's no single approach that will work for everyone, but just, you know, just be rational, and be respectful of anything you think that you need to be respectful about if you're, you know, if you're the one that's potentially spoiling. Don't walk up to people outside a movie theater and tell them about the movie you just saw. Yeah, don't go to Borders and flip to the page where Dumbledore dies and do Snake kills Dumbledore. Like, you know, that's, in recent memory, the most famous spoiler. Yeah, although I was playing trivia the night that Deathly Hallows came out and we had absolutely no knowledge whatsoever of that. And so our team name for the night was Hermione Dies. And people lost their damn minds thinking we had spoiled the book, which we had not. Um, Maybe you had. You didn't know. We didn't know. I was. Yeah. People were like, "How could you do that?" I was like, "Oh no, we got it right." (laughs) But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just I feel like most people are pretty good about it. I feel like it's just it puts people in a tough position in both sides. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is yeah. I, don't know, I feel like I've I've uh, not engaged in conversation around media that I love in protection of this thing. I'd be really happy when 
it kind of goes away. Or maybe we just have Facebook profiles that are, have like spoiler badges on them. Well, also if you know, <laughs> if you use a computer, I know most people use uh, tablets and phones for Facebook. But if you're on a computer for Facebook, you I think there are browser extensions now where you can hide certain words and phrases, mm-hmm. where you can uh, you can set up your Facebook to not ever show you anything about like with a certain keyword. It replaces it with like cloud. Uh, there's one that's like clouds to butts or something, butts to clouds, and it just changes the one word to the other just whenever you see it on your computer. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. So we don't have an answer. No, no. Just, you know. That's interesting to talk about. On both sides. Just be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, that's, that's the rule people forget. This, this, be like Fonzie. <laughs> this is the thing, this is the thing <laughs> that people. People accidentally stumble into the role of either victim or victimizer with spoilers. If anyone's doing it intentionally, yes, they're in the wrong. Yeah. But most with most people, it's unintentional. So to take a hard stance on one side or the other seems so petty. And in the end, it's all about like enjoyment. You either you're enjoying something and want to talk about it, or you want to let you want to watch something and you don't want your enjoyment. <sighs> Potentially compromised anyway. Watered down, yeah. In the end, we're all, we all love the media. We love the movies. We love the the games. We love the TV Feels shows. Feels like our last podcast. <laughs> Could a game get spooled? Yes. Yes. And the There's very. I know it can, but what? There's very famous game spoilers out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I meant. So Final Fantasy VII, it was really big. You know, main characters dying in video games is like not a common thing. But. Eris, like the love interest of the main character, is killed in the middle of Final Fantasy VII. Which, in that game, if that gets spoiled, it's it changes things about how you play. That's what I was going to ask. I yeah. know there are spoilers that exist, but you do I not, feel like it could ruin a video game. It's like already, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah. happens, uh, where you know there's a big scene and um, you're sitting there thinking, like, man, how am I going to fight my way out of this? And then it just slowly dawns on you that you're not. Yeah. And that it, you're, the main character dies, mm-hmm. like the playable character dies. Yeah, yeah. And but so, it's, some it's, people like that. Like I'm gonna put a hundred hours into something, and I'm just gonna die anyway. That could ruin it for them. That doesn't ruin it for me because the experience is the experience, right? For me. But like with with Eris in Final Fantasy VII, I if I ever replay that game, I don't fucking use that character. No, because I know that halfway through the game, any of my progression in her is gone, so and I, I do that because it's spoiled. Yeah. Um, it's an investment. Yeah, and so I'm going to never put her in a party. I'm never going to level her. I'm not going to go find any of her equipment or her, uh, you know, final limit break. I'm just going to fucking ignore her if she dies. And then because of that, you know, to some extent you get this, like, you know, band of heroes like, attachment to whatever your, like, main party is in any role-playing game or traditional Japanese uh, role-playing game. Um, and so because you don't have her, her dying matters way less. Despite knowing it and everything, but like the emotional impact of it is just, it's like, well, you weren't in my party. You're not one of these people. Like, yeah, you had some dialogue. Yeah, you had a love interest, some cutscenes, but don't really give a shit. There's also in games, uh, I was just thinking about this. I don't know if it's on the verge of a spoiler, but there's potentially game changing spoilers when you're talking about games with multiple endings. Like, if you want the good ending and you know that was spoiled for you, then you are going to change the way you're playing that game. Right. It's going to fundamentally change the game. Like, uh, Bioshock. Bioshock. Yeah. Is, is a big one. 
you know, some RPGs, Silent Hill, have the good ending where you have to do something. Yeah. And in Bioshock, it's big, but how, yeah. how you change. In the original Bioshock, um, in case you're not aware, you're given a choice, a risk-reward, where if you save the little girls um, and, like, put them in their little hidey holes, you get less of the thing, of the, like, resource that lets you, like, level up your abilities, um, but you save them. But there's just, like, that's just a moral advantage. Whereas if you choose to harvest them, then you get, like four times the amount of your, your go-go juice and you can like level up your abilities and your health and your strength way faster. And so the choice between saving and harvesting them, like by the time you've harvested like the first one, you are no longer able to get the good ending. It's, it has to be a 100 or zero choice. And <laughs> if you harvest them, it makes like, if you're playing it and you think the combat's difficult, like, that seems like a reasonable choice. Like, well, I'm going to do it this one time, and then I'll be a little bit stronger than I should be at this point. But it is entirely unavailable. I feel uh, like yeah. games culture does a better job of guarding spoilers that aren't, like, earth-shattering spoilers. Like, Eris is someone, something people who don't play Final Fantasy probably know about, have heard about, or seen it on a list. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, like, um, it's different gradations. Like, TV... It's the most passive way to ingest media. It just happens, right? You can turn on the TV and it's going to be there. Or it's just a streaming service. Mm-hmm. And your barrier for entry for a movie is bigger. you got to go somewhere. This is for a new movie. Go somewhere, you got to pay money and be somewhere. Right. And then barrier for entry for a video game is you got to buy it and potentially put somewhere between 20 and 100 hours into it. Yeah. And I think that's why it's, it may be better policed. Yeah. Better for games. All also, right. monoculture for games is not as prevalent as TV right. or movies. I mean, Inside, which was a huge game, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a four-hour game made by the same people who made Limbo. Um, and there is a huge spoiler mechanic near the end of the game that I sought out because I'm like, I'm never going to play that game. Uh, so I want to see someone play it. And it's like pivotal to it. But in Limbo? listening to Inside... Inside. Uh... In listening to, because I listen to a lot of video game shit, but like podcasts and like videos and playthroughs and whatever, I still had to seek seek this spoiler out, which is two hours or three hours into a four hour game made by a tiny studio. Mm-hmm. Um, it, w- it would be an easy game to spoil, and it was I had to really hunt for it. Huh. Also, anything where so anything where there's a possibility that the next day it becomes news. Like, I, like, yeah, like any Oscar talk, right? Sports talk, which is why these you keep saying monoculture, these monoculture shows, like, you know, events from Game of Thrones become trending news stories on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if they're that big of a spoiler, they'll still they'll still protect it in the media if it's a big spoiler. But then you then you're giving it to somebody else whose job it is to um, talk about all the details of a story. To not spoil details of yeah yeah like I don't watch you're interested in. I don't watch Walking Dead but in little headline aggregator things like a news app or something I've had that be in an entertainment feed yeah it's just completely the, the spoiler for the show I mean yeah and it's like, just maybe how it gets you know like you're saying it gets uh, bitten and chewed up yeah. and put into that Is that so, about it homework oh, yeah. yeah. 
So I believe it's on Chris for signing next week's homework. It is. And as always, I've prepared ahead of time. <laughs> so this is on Netflix. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> I told you who it was like we already, 10 minutes We already know what it is. Before we started recording. You yes. said you're going to like it. <laughs> I'm not fucking paying attention. <laughs> Still playing balloons. She's spoiler uh, protecting. Yep. So, 2009 movie. Uh, starring Jared Leto, Oof. Sarah Polly, and Diane Kruger. Uh, I don't know this director, but his name is Jacko Van Dormael. All right. Um, the movie's called Mr. Nobody. Do a quick plot synopsis. <laughs> totally, totally overheard or didn't hear that earlier. The last mortal in a world of immortals, Nemo Nobody, begins reviewing oh, no. his life at the age of 120. Trying to determine if he made the right decisions. Chris going for five stinkers in a row. <laughs> Strong choice. <clears throat> to keep your streak alive. I I think the thing that I like less than hating a movie is being lukewarm about a movie. I want this to be a strong choice either way. <laughs> well... Your odds are good. You want us to love it, or it'd be an immense waste of time. I don't know. It's got lukewarm numbers. It's like 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. To the low 60s. Yeah. Well, the director's, director's interesting. He did a movie I almost picked his homework called The Brand New Testament. It's about uh, God lives on Earth, and he's Belgian, and he just has a daughter, and like is just pissed off and cynical. And it's like a magically realistic movie <laughs> kind of satire movie I almost picked that yeah, we know Leto's got acting Before. chops mm-hmm. it's got uh, it's got rock chops too Reese what's his name the guy who plays kicker in the replacements Ephons yeah sorry you apologize to the computer <laughs> but yeah Mr. Nobody it's on Netflix uh, kind of a long run time which I hate doing for homework but Two hours, 19 minutes. Whew. Yeah. At least the plot's good. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Nobody. This, the, the last, last name. mortal human <laughs> can be mortal one more time. All right. So with Mr. Nobody, that's going to do it. Uh, so this was Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Yeah. Connect with us on Twitter. At the media by us. Where I sometimes tweet. What's our email? Uh, media bias at gmail.com. Yeah. Facebook groups are movies by us, TV by us, TV by us, and games by us. Uh, I feel like during this segment I should be able to popcorn people. Like in <laughs> Popcorn Chris. No, you like reading this. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I do in a vacuum, but with everyone's active reactions, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Uh, we would love to hear from you for podcast topics. Please subscribe to the podcast and uh, give us a rating, whatever you deem fair. I want to say thanks to the Willow Walkers for providing intro music. And uh, thanks in show notes for outro music if we have it. Hopefully we do. I want to say thanks to Chris. That's me. Yep. Thanks to Brent. That's him. <laughs> thanks to TJ. Bye. And I'm David, and thanks for listening. Bye, guys. <laughs> So hungry in his people. <laughs> Is the sauce in the bag? Is the sauce in the bag? Is the sauce? Is the sauce? Is the sauce in, 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 in the bag?